Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive, Andy. Happy Monday. Uh, we are going to swing happy, into happy a, Monday. Happy Monday. We're going to swing into our uh, off-season programming, uh, where we talk about nothing but AAF. Uh, are you ready? Yeah, football. You thought football season was over, but uh, I think all signs are pointing to the Week Six showdown between the Hot Shots and the Apollo. <laughs> the basically the only the only two decent teams. Just get not us. That, to, not that I went ahead and looked uh, at when they play. Just get us yeah. to the Alliance Bowl, man. I want to see the Apollos and the uh, Hot Shots. Let's go. Um, no, in all seriousness, uh, I didn't watch any AAF. We will, uh, we will talk some AAF. We'll, we, yes, some uh, you know we'll talk at some point. For sure we will. Uh, I didn't watch any. Um, but uh, if they happen to be listening, uh, we can be bought <laughs> for a price uh, and, uh, and be kind of good ambassadors for the sport if you're so inclined. Because um, we are football guys at, at, our, at our core, and we are gambling guys at our core. And uh, I think a lot of people like gambling on the AFA, you know, gambling on football this weekend, even though it's not uh, not something normal. Um, but that's not why we're here. Uh, we're ready to swing into our off-season programming, where you will receive podcasts from us on Monday night, Tuesday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Not four, but uh, you know, two podcasts a week for your listening. Yeah, you kind of oversold it there. Yeah, <laughs> two podcasts a week for your listening pleasure. We're going to do one with just me and Andy where we record Monday, where you'll have it pop up on your phone probably first thing Tuesday morning or late, late, late Monday night. Uh, and if then you're lucky. Uh, if you're lucky, if you're subscribed um, at your podcast listening place of choice, uh, subscribe to us for Christ's sakes, guys. What, what, what do you have to lose? Um, then on Wednesdays, it's free. we bring in a guest. It's free. Yeah. On Wednesdays, we bring in a guest. Um, we have a bunch of interesting voices lined up that you have not heard from before in the podcasting space to talk about all things. Sometimes we're going to have a specialty theme where we talk about a specific handicapping, a specific sport, or a specific league. Sometimes we're going to have kind of a broader interview with just, you know, inter someone interesting from gambling, uh, you know, gambling history that uh, can provide some perspective and help help uh, make you a better, better. Um, so with that, that's what you can expect from us between now and August when we start previewing uh, NFL 2019 season. Does that sound uh, pretty good to you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we talked about this. That's what we're doing. <laughs> okay. Are you talking um, to me or are you talking to listeners? They can't no, answer you. But no, this is going to be awesome. And as always, if you, I've even had some DMs about this already. If you have any suggestions on guests, hit us up and we will summarily ignore them because we've already lined up all summer. <laughs> but we, we've, we've reached out to a handful of people we've wanted to talk to already. And yeah, yeah, there's yeah. going to be some pretty good guests as we go through the spring here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think yep. it's, it's going to be great. And yeah. We're, and then our, our Monday stuff, we're just going to, we're going to kind of play by ear. There's always something to be talked about. We have a shit yep. ton of topics we want to rip through in the off season. And there's going to be some events that we're going to get dig a little deeper into as we get uh, into the golf season, especially. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, and uh, Cause I love yeah. the master's pod. Oh yes. I can't wait for it. I'm already excited. Um, but between now and then you're going to get a healthy do dose of basketball from us. 
Uh, and um, we have an exciting guest tonight, none other than uh, Twitter sensation, mid-major handicapping phenomenon, Andy Palm. Welcome to the pod. <laughs> it's not a good night. My, my Delaware <laughs> State fighting bees are getting racked right now. Oh, yeah, I might well, just put them in as a loss. It's not good. Dude. But uh, no, it's, uh, yeah, well, we're going to get in to, yeah, we're going to get into what we do in basketball because I think we both are pretty model heavy. Yes. And then maybe at the end too, we'll talk about why blindly following a model isn't the best idea. I think you have your ways around that. And I have some outliers that I need to sit and pick out of the model every day or week. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it, and, and, and also we, we do things very differently, which is fun because it's two different sports. I will tell you like anybody who knows how I'm betting. It's a lot. It's all mid majors. Like I do not look at the big six leagues. I, I get glance at them from now and again, just to see what my numbers would say, but I don't bet them. I'm only betting the micro majors, the mid majors, the small leagues. The micro and, uh, majors. It's funny. I the micro majors. I, I know. I, I don't know if it's a real thing. It's what I say. <laughs> and it's funny because I I thought about um, how I did it and how how the the spreadsheet was already set up with all the formulas and everything I do. And I took about an hour and a half one afternoon and I went and pulled all the stats that I use for NCAA basketball ball but i pulled them for the nba i put them in a separate spreadsheet i i you know i scraped all the data i put the same formulas in and it has the mix as the highest power ranked team so it it just it just yeah it just goes to show like one thing in one sport might not work in the other like it was i think clearly the the knicks are clearly the 30th best team clearly it's not even i know it's for like it really likes some of the metrics. I just looked at it and like, well, this I'm not even going to go that much further with this because this is bad. Actually, you know what? I take it back. When the Knicks uh, take on uh, Iona, they're going to kick their ass. When when you get Knicks, uh, Knicks, yeah, versus, yeah. <laughs> Knicks versus Stetson, Knicks are going to dominate them. So that, that that's fine. That's fine. That, that, that's uh, that's all good. Yeah, if we put the if we put the Knicks in the Atlantic Sun, <laughs> they're gonna kill Maryland Eastern Shore. Oh my God, it's gonna be a bloodbath. Um, okay, all right, that's fun. Let's uh, okay. So let's let's talk about some of the basics here. You you brought it up. Model heavy focus for basketball is kind of a must. Um, if you are out there trying to make gut plays or try to use situational angles as your only tool to track down value in the, you know, in the NBA space, <clears throat> you are going to be um, chasing your tail. And I know this from experience. Um, a lot of my early betting, you know, and I think <clears throat> it's fair to say that everyone kind of goes through this when it, you, your entry into the betting space is predominantly from college football and NFL. Right. And then all of a sudden the Super Bowl happens, you win, you lose, whatever you have money in your bankroll and you're like, well, now what? And the easy answer for most young Americans is oh, time to bet college basketball because, you know, March Madness is coming up. Right. And so and it's every day and it's every day. Yes, for sure. And that's and that in and of itself is a trigger for a lot of people who aren't experienced with the handicapping and gambling. Uh, the emotions of going from, you know, having to care about football 
a couple times a week to now it's every day uh, can definitely be a challenge to deal with in your day-to-day life and you should take that responsibly um, but all that said um, you know it was pretty straightforward for me don't going right into us handicap college basketball let's make some plays and it doesn't take long for you to really kind of fall into a number of the game you know classical gambling fallacies if you aren't using a model uh, which lends us to well how do you build a model right and I think it's pretty straightforward and it's pretty solid advice and maybe you know, we do spin a lot of funny narratives on this podcast. We do talk about a lot of silly things, um, but this is not silly at all. Like you will find yourself to be a more effective long-term handicapper if you are using some sort of, you know, some sort of model. It doesn't have to be sophisticated, but some sort of model to ground truth your perspective in terms of what a team's likelihood is to win the game, to cover a spread, uh, or to hit over or under a total. Uh, would you say that's a fair and true statement, Andy? Yeah, I, th- I think you hit on a good point there, too. And there are some people that have done it with success, just making a model and blindly betting it, and it works out. And, I mean, that's 100% a thing, but I, I just can't get – I'm just not there. My my stuff's not that good. I don't trust it. And I know there's holes in it because I'm not a data science guy. I just, uh, I just kind of uh, – learned what we learned on the fly and uh, you know my stuff my stuff isn't to be blindly tailed there there still has to be outside factors you have to figure in i think that's the same thing as you you know you you have your model you use it you have your numbers you're using it to compare things you're using it to figure out totals and then still you do need to i I guess i can't think of a great word for it just kind of double check do a sanity check on it because you do especially in the NBA, like that's rough with uh, all the resting players and the narratives, and it's a lot different from from college basketball too. As far as the the amount of games you'll play in a certain amount of period, you'll have teams that are much much more tired than other teams. Whereas in college basketball, the rest we kind of had this conversation off pod once. I wanted to incorporate some of your your stuff you do in the NBA with fatigue factor into college. And you said something like, well, it's not really the scheduling so much different. You went and looked at it and they, they really are pretty easy on college kids, especially in these smaller schools where I think travel is probably a lot more of an issue. It's, it's quite a bit different. So I, I guess if you want to kind of start on that, oh, I mean, we, we can start on the real basics too, but I do want to touch on that later. Like after yeah. you run your numbers <clears throat> through, through your thing, like what are the steps you take? Yeah. Between between running the numbers in your spreadsheet and then making a bet, what are the steps there? And I guess just hard reverse because we were going to talk about this, but just you know, it, we kind of we kind of skipped over the whole step of how do you make a model? Sure. Because okay, I think, so- and I've said this numerous times, like yeah, like I think it's it's intimidating. Like, well, I don't even know how to start. Like, how how would I start even even doing any modeling? And this is this is completely neutral to the sport like it can be any sport you can do this hockey baseball i know a ton of people do stuff with golf a lot of people do it with baseball uh basketball i know some people who even who even do it with football which is tougher to wrap my head around but uh yeah so uh, basically yeah, any, it, anything with anything with stats okay so do you feel do you feel like it is intimidating because p- people just don't have a background in data science and they think 
I'm not ever going to be able to get it perfect. So why even try? Like, is that what's what's the bar of entry? Like, what's the bar of entry that stops you from? Just yeah, trying? and and I think you know, I think just like step one, it's like what is step one? And you know, let let's just assume you're like me or whale. You don't know Python. You don't have a degree in computer science, data science. I don't. And you're and saying, I well, don't I don't know Python. I, you know, I don't. Uh, yeah, no, I, I yeah, I we we don't we don't old school. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know much for for coding. We don't know. We we didn't take. You know, we're not computer science majors. But yeah, I think it's not. It's it's not something that needs to be terribly intimidating. Step one is just open up an Excel spreadsheet or a you know a sheet in your in your Chrome browser. Yeah, if you have if you have a Gmail, then you have a tool. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, if you have a Gmail, then you have a tool that you can use to make a model. That's really all that it all you need. Um, you presumably you have a computer, you know, a laptop and you took, you know, math in high school, uh, and you can utilize Excel to some rudimentary level. Right. Um, even if you can't, um, there are what a handful of very, very useful YouTube tutorials on this sort of stuff. Get on YouTube. Yep. Get on YouTube just, and you know, and you know, if YouTube and Google are very, very smart, you basically can just ask any question and they will lead you in the right direction to content that will answer that question for you. But I agree a hundred percent. Really all you need is a spreadsheet and, and, um, you know, the first, the first fundamental that I want to touch on as far as modeling goes, and we'll be specific to basketball here. The first thing I want to touch on is, okay, I'm start, I'm ready to start. I team, I need a team A and a team B, right? So you got to be able to put in your team, your teams in some cell, right? This is, we're, 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 we're using entirely a spreadsheet framework for this discussion, right? Team A has a cell. That's the visiting team. Team B has a cell. That's the, that's the, uh, the home team. And uh, you put in some name for each of those teams. It can be an abbreviation. It can be their full name. It doesn't really matter. Now you want Excel to go and pull in some meaningful statistics on how that team has performed to date this season. Does that seem reasonable? So yeah, I think yeah, the, we need you to need you need to of, somehow translate yeah translate the stats right. that you can go find in a million different places online. You need to get those stats from the internet to your spreadsheet, and then somehow use them to create either a power number or a spread or anything. I mean, let's just start with let's start with spreads or money lines, whatever you want to say. You need to find a way to give these teams a number to compare them. And, you know, like, shit, I've made a few models. And, you know, you might do this and get there, and it might be really shitty. It might do really, really badly. But, I mean, it's it, you're still you're still so far ahead of the curve. Like, you, you've tried and you've done something. You can even, you know, you can do some back testing, see how it would have done the last few days. Just start looking at it and, you know, maybe start determining which stats you're using that are, are skewing teams and making them making your, you know, your model say you should make a play on a really bad team. For some reason, I have a couple of those really, really, really likes the Citadel. I still haven't got completely to the bottom of that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so like said, but, 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 just, uh, let's back up then. So we need to build a lab. We need, we need to build a library. We need to build a library of, of stats that 
in some way reflect how strong a team is in some of the key metrics. How good are they on offense? How good are they on defense? And I'm going to boil this down to the most simplistic model possible and say, okay, well, I'm going to build a library then. I'm going to put every NBA team name in it. And I'm going to go to John Hollinger's NBA statistics on ESPN.com. And he has efficiency stats tabulated that are season average for every team. Uh, And he's got some useful categories. And you can copy and paste that into an Excel sheet, and it takes two seconds. You literally highlight the table, copy, paste into an Excel tab. Now you have a library. And now you have some metrics that you can start using to project scores. And there's only 30 teams in the NBA, so this is not super, you know, this is not rocket science. You now start a new tab where you will build your algorithm. Right, like we're using a lot of words here and a lot of terms that make this sound really complicated, like data libraries and algorithms. No, we, we just want to um, we want to have a repository that has all of the useful data to call on, and we want to set up an equation that pulls that data uh, for any you know for any setup, you know Knicks versus the Pistons. We want to pull that data into uh, an equation and then. You know, simple equation, convert that data into a winning percentage or into a projected score. Does that sound fair? Yeah, like, let's just say, and this is going to sound stupid because it's the simplest thing and it will not work and don't do this. But just, like, take a team's points per game and the other team's points per game given up and start, you know, mashing those together. To create, you know, that that's you know, obviously you need you need some other stats besides that, but like that's a, that's an example of how simple you can start. Just take take teams' efficiency, it takes a, you know a team's offensive efficiencies, maybe some three point numbers in there. But yeah, it, it, it can be as simple as you want to start, and then you just need to start making a few more comparisons. And yeah, like there's no wrong way, right way. Well, there's probably a wrong way, but I don't think there's like a right way to do it. Like Whale said, it's it's not. You don't need to create a spread. Uh, you don't need to create a pot. You can do it any way that works for you, as long as you have a way to compare two teams that are playing and compare that against the actual number that's put out by the books to see if you think you have value. Yeah. Let's uh, or or let's, in the case of like totals, if if you can you know somehow take take a couple teams' efficiency numbers, three point shooting, uh, rebounding pace, a few things like you're that. You're already and, getting and too start, complicated, uh, really. Yeah, I want to back. I want to go back. Putting it, yeah. Okay, you you've seen on Ken Palm, right? You've seen he's got. You can click through to the the actual matchup, and he's got a projected oh, yeah. score for every single game, right? Yeah, you can recreate that. That's pretty straightforward, actually. Oh yeah, he's got all of his data right there for you to recreate that. All you have to do is be able to type in a team name and pull in their offensive efficiency, which is points scored per one hundred possessions, their defensive efficiency, points conceded per one hundred possessions, and their pace, which is how many possessions they they have on average for. Um, the typical game length and shame on me for not knowing how long a college basketball game is. Um, what is it? 40 minutes? 
Is 40 it 40 minutes? minutes? Yeah. So, so I well, think in, I'm in my sure. case, in my case, there there are 45. <laughs> I have uh, we we did, and I I have only shared this with one person, but because I thought I was crazy, and this is a complete sidebar. I thought I was a little crazy thinking about I had more overtimes. I thought it was some sort of cognitive bias, like it's just recency. You haven't had that many overtimes, but we figured out, and I'll well, actually did the math on this through the SDQL what the average amount of overtimes are across the board in conference play this year and what I'm averaging. I went back and looked at everything today, see how many overtimes I've played over the, over the bets I made. And I need the next 179 bets I make to not have overtime to get me back down to the normal average. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> insane. Yeah, insane. I've had, that's insane. Yeah, I'm double. I'm double what the average is as far as overtimes, which is fucking crazy. Probably, probably just obviously it's just variance, but it's kind of. I don't know that that's true. Because I actually sat and took the time for like half an hour. I don't think it's true. I think it's specifically related to the the your strategy for betting. I I really do. I I don't think it's no. You're you're right. It it probably it it probably is, but it's just hilarious. Like I, um, I'm like I'm gonna sit here and do this as a sanity check. I'm crazy. I don't have that many overtimes. It just it's a fun shtick to make fun of it on Twitter. But then I look, I'm like, I have like seven over seven percent of my games go to overtime. Yeah. That feels high. That's not normal. <laughs> that isn't normal. You should so, see a doctor. You should see a doctor. Um your games are lasting too long. The uh okay, so let's let's go back. So let's project Ken Palm's score for any given game. Uh we call his offensive defensive efficiency and tempo for any given team okay now we call it for their opponents and we have all of those data populated uh in cells next to the team names that we just called right now we want to combine those in some way to give us a projected score let's average the uh, home team's offensive efficiency with the away team's defensive efficiency and have an average expected efficiency for that home team offense on that night does that seem fair? And then let's repeat that for the visiting team. Let's take the visiting team's home, exactly. Uh, you know, the visiting team's uh, uh, offensive efficiency and average it with the away with the home team's defensive efficiency. Okay, now we have a neutral expectation for the visiting team. Okay, now we got to apply some sort of home court adjustment, uh, and now we got to change those efficiencies to actual scores by multiplying them times the number of possessions expected in the game. There's a lot of ways you can go about that, but for our simplicity's sake, let's just take each team's tempo and average them, okay? So we're expecting there to be 65 possessions in the game, uh, and on average, you know, you're expecting 105 points per 60 possessions on one side, for 100 possessions on one side, and, and uh, you know, uh, something like, you know, 103 on the other side. Now we're projecting a score like 68-66. Okay, so this is all relatively simple, and you've now constructed this narrative. You know, you've now constructed this algorithm, which is telling you that the home team ought to be favored by two points, and that the total ought to be whatever, one hundred and thirty-four or whatever. Um, what do we do with this now? Let's go to the market. Let's compare it to the lines, uh, and let's figure out if we have an edge. Does that sound fair? Yep. And so. <laughs> I, I guess a, a step I would take before you start 
and it sucks because actually you should probably do it for like a whole season before you even put a dollar in play. I just, I can't do that. I, I don't have the patience. No, I can't I'm, do that either. I'm not disciplined enough. But like if you actually spent the time, you felt like you had a really good model and it's tough. And talk me off this. It's tough to back test because to back test a lot, you would need the stats at certain points during the season, which might be tough to get your hands on. You're but you can front correct. test. You can you you can do this. You can you can pull these numbers, uh, put all your projections out, and then track and start tracking. Say I you know I think the Magic win by five tonight, and the total should go over by seven. You know, start tracking exactly where your strengths and weaknesses are in there and start making adjustments and just kind of let it ride for a while and see if there's any sort of edge to be found. I mean, or you can just start betting this shit. I don't care. It's not my money. Do whatever you want. That's that's kind of what I did. I just got lucky that uh, like you get some <laughs> money lines right away. But, uh, I mean, technically, I mean, if you want to be smart about it, you should probably be testing it for a while before you bet. And especially if it's a brand new bottle that hasn't been rolled out, but yeah, just uh, start start looking at the edges. Maybe look at where your model disagrees the most with the lines that are out there, and see if that's actually working out for you, or if or if those are wrong for the most part. Even wrong at like fifty percent, you can't win at fifty percent. So, and I, I guess I don't know how long would you wait, well, before you start making adjustments if it is just hitting you know, coin flip rates. Yeah. So for me, for me, I, you know, it definitely, I definitely require some skin in the game to really start to do my homework to understand why the model hits would be either lucky or unlucky or where there's leaks. You know, I definitely would need to be playing it personally to kind of force myself to do the homework to make it better. Right. Um, so that's, you know, that for take that for what it's worth. But you absolutely could do this and try to identify macro trends over the course of, you know, a couple of weeks without actually betting anything where you're looking and you're like, wow, this model loves unders. And every time it loves an under it is getting killed on the over. Like you can definitely start to see you know, trends like that. Like they will emerge for sure. And there will be presumably there are small things Ooh, that aren't captured that's, um, that, you know, you that's can a good point that that. I love that because one of the smartest things uh, back in, well, I, I've done a couple jobs. It's without explaining too much about what the job was. I, I did. I worked in the plastics industry for a little bit and I talked to an engineer for a long time one day and we were really struggling with a problem. And the, the smartest thing, and this will stick with me. I was like 20 when he told me this, he said, if we can make it worse, we can make it better. And that you kind of fixed everything. Like that was the solution to our problem. I, th- I think you hit on something there. Like if those unders, if it's displaying a bunch of under bets and they're just getting crushed, like they're losing at a clip that's, you know, maybe above a winning rate on the other side. Like if it's losing at 55%, maybe you might be onto something, but backwards. You know, yeah, right. start looking at start looking yeah. at like why why those are identifying and they're so off and so wrong because I mean you can just flip it on its head. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt, there might be there almost and you know you're, you're going to luck into and out of this stuff uh, over the course of a season. And if you play a sport like the NBA, 
which is long, uh, you will quickly figure out that sometimes things that work in December don't work in February, <laughs> right? You can, you'll quickly figure out that sometimes taking season average statistics that include 40 games that happen before New Year's doesn't really apply to how they're going to trot out and play, you know, coming, you know, on the eve of the all-star break with when their team is out, you know, eliminated from playoff contention, right? Like for sure, there are aspects that you will get, you know, you'll gain insight to, but you are doing, you are betting blind if you don't eat, at least have this as a starting point, in my opinion. So, and you know, and it, it shouldn't be something that you're intimidated by. It shouldn't be something that you're like, well, you know, I was no good at math in high school. Therefore I can't do this. You know, this is literally like, even if it, even if you never use it to place a bet in your life, the activity of going through it and thinking about it will give you insight to how the bookmakers are shaping their opening lines. It will give you insight into how the professionals who are doing this for a living are calculating their edge. Like you will gl get a glimpse at to how this all works beyond what, uh, you know, you get from the, you know, the mainstream sort of coverage of gambling, which is, a bunch of clowns like us talking about narratives, right? Because that's, you know, that's the other side of this, which is, you know, great. A model says to make this play, you can either just play it or you can then take that and pivot into a traditional handicap where you look at other factors to try to figure out if just because a model edge says it's on this team, is that a reasonable position to make a play? Um, and, you know, all this goes to say, you know, just give this a try. You will, you know, you will 100%, you know, maybe, and maybe, maybe, maybe this gets, you know, left on some shelf and you never ever go back to it. And you're like, well, that was dumb waste of an hour, but just giving it, you know, that little bit of time, you know, you might unlock an entirely new way of handicapping that will, you know, help you in, in future years if you stick with this. So I would highly recommend it. And there's, a million ways to approach it and for all you know you come up with a new way that's different than everyone does it now and you find uh you know you find a spectacular edge that's exploitable over the course of a whole season and you make a giant stack betting on uh, mid-major dogs uh you know that no one else was was picking out value on you sit and you have all that money sitting there waiting for you come football time again that's right. That's right. Um, Which is abuse. But I, and I will yeah. say, like narr narratives do matter still, like, and maybe oh, not narratives. That might be that, that's a tough word. Like tough, tough scenes for narratives. But, tough scenes for narratives. Um, it is because no, there are. You know I know, I, I know right? people. I you know people who have. Though. I know people who have models that go to the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand. Like what we're what we're getting at with that, but I know people who have models that go to the player level. Like they're they're based on like the lineup that gets tried like that's i'm not there oh jesus dude i'm, I'm tracking like 300 teams i there's no way i can do that <laughs> but i do try like you do have to look like real before you make a bet even if a model is working and rolling if you're not if you're not handicapping in the model for certain things like i don't go to the player level i don't have anything in there regarding travel or rest i don't have anything in there you know regarding you know where they're going as far as you know you should always look like is this a tough travel spot is this is there something going on is there a player missing because you know i could say i could say my model really likes a team and then you go 
pull up a, a basically on a lot of these because they're such low level college. I have to just like go looking for an article about a preview for the game to see if there's like a star player missing because that's usually something that'll be you know there'll be something out there there'll be some sort of a blurb or something on twitter or just a you know googling it that'll tell you like oh there's a player missing maybe maybe that's why the number disagrees with your number so hard which it's happened yeah. once or twice as far as uh, you know i want to make a bet i go look at it and be like oh shit like that's that's why this is off by like 15 points maybe <laughs> maybe it wasn't such a huge edge and we'll stay away from that and you know at the same time too key it's the same thing we talked about in the preseason pods of football be looking at a team that's traveling a bunch um there's some really tough places to play in college basketball. There's there's some very high altitudes in a few spots, Wyoming, Colorado Springs, a few places in Utah. I, I'd actually have to pull that up. And I would, um, I would actually suggest if you are serious about doing anything in college, a Ken Palm membership is like fourteen dollars a year. Like that's totally worth it. Because you can actually look at that. Like uh, his his stuff, his home court advantage estimates, they're pretty decent. I tweak them a little, but it also will tell you the elevation of the court. So you can look. It's gone. I just scroll through that all the time because it's a lot of fun looking at like, huh, Weber State is almost a mile high. I did not know that. Because <laughs> I'm scrolling through I didn't know right that. Now. That is No, like, yeah. I, yeah, so, Southern Utah, 5,800 feet up. You're like, kidding. Altitude is tough. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not for some of these, uh, you know, and you have to know too, an altitude on altitude team is different, but there's all just the little things like that. You do need to take into account before you're just blindly firing on stuff. Yep. I agree with you. Okay. A couple other quick tips. And then I want to ask you some questions about your model and see if I can help uh, kind of glean some insight that would be useful to other folks going forward. Um, look, you know, without a doubt, you can make this easier on yourself. And I maybe I sound like a broken record. I feel I feel like I've kind of made this pitch a bunch of times when we've done these podcasts. But whatever, this is the most important thing that I feel like is worth mentioning on this podcast. Once you kind of get a very basic sense of what you want to do with your algorithm, make it easy on yourself. I it cannot implore you enough. It will the harder you make this to to update your data daily, the harder you make this to import your matchups and your lines, the less likely you will keep up with this. And if you try modeling for a couple of weeks and it doesn't work out, you know, you will have gained some experience, sure. Maybe it didn't make you a better handicapper, but like if you if you make the process easier on yourself, you will more likely stick with it. Um, some some huge tips that I have for you, if you're trying to do an NFL or an NBA model for next season, we know before the game, you know, before week one, we know every single game that's going to be played. There are various resources out there to get an Excel spreadsheet that has every single game, time, date, from week one to week 17. Okay, start with that. And then that way you're not import, you know, manually typing in, uh, you know, Carolina versus New Orleans week three at this time in this day, right? Like there are very, very straightforward ways to get an entire schedule downloaded or a schedule for a day 
download it if you want to update it daily uh, and you know find a resource for your input data that you can get copy paste dump into an excel sheet without a ton of heavy lifting like these are really important small things that will help you you know do a better job of keeping up with the you know keeping things going in the right direction and less likely to abandon it um andy do you how do you deal yeah, with like, the, uh, how, how doing, do you deal with that stuff doing a lot of work yeah doing the work early do the work so that i mean the if you do it before you want to start using it, that's when you should be putting the time in, like you just said, because, man, people have lives, people have jobs, kids, pets, mothers-in-laws, <laughs> birthday parties, people Christmas do have pets parties, bowling leagues, things. You know, there's there's times where it's like, oh, shit, I don't have much time to look at my numbers. Lines are coming out in, like, 20 minutes. And if I hadn't have made it nice and easy on myself, you know, if it took me like two hours every day, like that, that would probably be something I'd given up on. Or there'd yeah. be days where I just didn't do it because I didn't have the time. Right. So I, I spent wife, a lot of time at the beginning. By now, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she never sees me anyway. I'm always podcasting. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I blame you. Um, no, but you know, just do the work. Do the work right away, so I can. And I do. And maybe I'm wrong. I'm just more comfortable in like desktop Excel, even though I do use quite a bit of the, the Excel and Chrome the you know, the Google based one. Oh yeah. But sure. I do like, I do love um, how you can pull. If somebody has a website with stats and it's in a hard, you know, chart as far as rows and columns, it's super easy to pull that into Excel and then when I open this Excel spreadsheet under the data tab, I hit the refresh all button and it'll go to all the websites I use and update all the stats based on those, those same charts that get updated online. Oh, that's so I mean, like, I don't have to, I don't have to do the copy and pasting. Like you could do, you know, you could do that. You go to all those websites and copy and paste them, but there are ways for even, you know, I don't know, coding like we said there are some ways where you can make excel do a lot of the work for you so every day i open excel i hit the refresh all button it refreshes like 12 tabs that have a bunch of stats in them and it gives you it gives you all the fresh numbers for the day everything's updated everything's nice you know you're working with the latest numbers and then all i have to do is look at the numbers it's spitting out for that day's schedule and compare it when the lines come out and yeah, like you said, if, if it if it was like a twenty minute, you know, hour long process every day, I don't I don't know if I'd stuck with it, you know, having a real life. Yeah. I that is that is the that is exactly it, man. It's exactly it. You gotta make it easier on yourself because the alternative is you give up and then you know it, it is what it is, you know, you still probably could get some usefulness out of it and yeah, you know, and, and again, you know, like how you want to use it is entirely up to you. You can be very, very faithful to it. You can be very, very, you'll keep it at arm's length in terms of your handicapping process. And there's really no wrong way to do it. But having another tool in your toolbox will make you a better handicapper. And I don't think that's really a controversial point, point of view, in my opinion. Um, let's talk, uh, let me ask you a couple more questions about your model specifically, unless you have any other kind of basics or generalities you wanted to cover or have me elaborate on. Because obviously I, 
I have some strong point no, of view on this. Though, so. I mean, we hit, we hit it, we hit it early, and even with me, man, uh, you know, I use Excel quite a bit, but <clears throat> there's just stuff the you can't possibly remember everything Excel can do because Excel can do a lot. And you just need to type in, how do I make Excel? And then you type exactly what you want it to do. Because honestly, I was struggling getting it to round to the nearest half point with negative numbers. And it it really, it required a silly workaround. But yeah, it was driving gotta, me nuts because what, I did, you gotta, I, did, you gotta, I wanted you gotta it. Multiply I wanted, it times five and then divide yep, 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 it. Yep, multiply you know times it. five, round, and then divide and by I, five, right? and, yeah, I, I knew I knew the workaround, but I couldn't remember it. So I had to go look, and you watch your two-minute YouTube video, and you're like, oh, shit, that's how we do it. But yeah, there's, there's so many things. You don't even need to know, like, what the name of the formula is. You just say, how do I make Excel do dot to dot to dot fill in the blanks? And more than likely, you're going to find a helpful page or a forum post or a video that's going to tell you exactly how you make Excel do what you want it to do. And, I mean, there's limitless limitless ways for it to make make the numbers dance for you so yeah go ahead we'll uh we'll, we'll interview each other about each other's models okay uh first question i have for you, you start um who who is making the lines for these mid-major uh college basketball matchups and how are they getting them so wrong do you do you think it's that's a good question to discuss because obviously bet online opens them first for the most part. There are the really small lines. They don't open till the morning of the game or sometimes randomly at like midnight. There are days when I wake up and you look and the lines all open at five dimes at like 1230 at night. I don't fully understand how this is happening sometimes, why there's inconsistency, but such is life. Um, and another thing we discussed too is, I, you know, as far as the second part of the question, how they're getting them wrong. I don't have the updated numbers with this last Saturday, but before this last Saturday, I was hitting like 76% of my plays on Saturdays. And if you know, you know, if you follow much on college basketball, you know, like every Saturday there's, there's like a hundred games at least. So I, I do have a theory about, some of the smaller games being just way, way the fuck off on a Saturday because they have to worry way more about the exposure they're going to have on the, on the Duke Virginia game, you know, on the big, big 10 game, whatever it is, because all the big games that happen on Saturday on TV, the handle on those is going to be wild, especially now that there's no football. Like they have to worry so much more about that. I just don't think they're putting the time in on some of these smaller ones because Saturdays are crushing for some reason, which knock on wood, I guess, for this next Saturday. But I do I do think there is a little bit of a you know, the effort that they put into some of the smaller ones, a, a discrepancy between the you know, the games that they're gonna take a big handle on, like the ones on TV and the ones that, you know, if, if they lose badly on uh, an MEAC game on a Saturday afternoon, they might lose like two thousand dollars because nobody's betting them. Whereas yeah, they they point. need they need to be doing well on the games that they're taking huge handles on. So do I don't know think, do you think it's all do you think it's all uh I assume they're using oh, what's Kenpong the name numbers? of the, the websites. I yeah, assume that the, I assume I, they're I just pulling Ken 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 Ken
Is it? Did yeah, it could you, be. I'll, I'll, I'll give, give it. Give it some. Give it some time. Give it some time to think about that. I guess. Um, okay. So next question I had for you. Um, did you have, or at least? Excuse me. I had to sneeze. Sorry. Um, did you? Oh my did goodness. you? I know that's going to be good. Uh, that was a pro move right there. Uh, did you have an idea of how you wanted to approach coming up with your? um expected line when you started or was it beginner's luck did you read something somewhere or did you just say i'm going to be differentiating because i'm going to do it differently like what are some of the factors that went into or some of the factors that went into you figuring out how you were going to write your algorithm at first honestly the the first thing i did was just started putting all the numbers in like, i had no idea what i was going to do i knew i had a general idea you know, we're at the starting point, but I went and grabbed as many numbers as I can from Ken Palm. And gosh, I'm going to have to even pull up the web sheet, website to figure out what the other stats I'm using are. I mean, there's a couple of good sources. I, I think I only use two sources now, but I, that was the first step was just getting all the numbers in there, making sure I could pull the numbers easily. Because I was, I was like 10 steps ahead of, as far as what we talked about like 10 minutes ago. I was thinking to myself, like, this is a fun project, and I want to do this, but if it's going to be a huge pain in the ass on the daily, I think I might have to get some help. So at first, all I did was made sure I could get stats pulled into a spreadsheet that would automatically update so I wouldn't have to fuck around with things later. Like I really needed that part, and then from there I just started. I started looking at how I thought things should be weighted, you know, between efficiencies and the reboundings, and uh, you know, you, the, your your four factor stuff. And uh, there's, I mean, there's a ton of there's so many different stats. I'd say right behind baseball, and maybe maybe actually there's quite a bit of jump from baseball to everything else because baseball is the king of advanced stats. But uh, I mean. Bounce around the internet, you will find a ton of great advanced stats on basketball. And I, yeah, I don't think I really had a, a true plan in mind because who can? But I started looking at uh, a way to create a formula that would somehow be close to a power number that I wanted to use to compare the two teams. And once we got there, I started testing a little and then I had to make some adjustments because it was really goofy at first. Mm, okay um do you are you worried at all or do you think there is a systematic bias in the way they make lines that presents value on underdogs on the road in these mid-major conferences that's my next project too i haven't tracked that like i wish i knew out of the amount of games i played how many were road teams and how many were home teams because i have no idea what that number is because I feel like it's probably 50-50. I play a ton of home teams, too. Uh, and I actually have played like three or four favorites, mind you. So I think one <laughs> of them even won. I guess. But, but no, but I, general, I think you're right. General, I think you're, you're right. Oh, even Yeah. Yeah. Even, even, a, even a home dog that's just not getting – they're not getting respect because they're playing a, a team with a bigger name or, you know, it's honestly a team that's probably a lot better than them but has to, has to travel to – you know, their gym and take them on. I mean, you're not playing every mid-major dog. You're only playing the ones you see value on, and they're hitting at a crazy rate. It's really fascinating, and I wonder what's going on. Uh, like, 
the there's a bias somehow in the way they're setting some of these lines that you're finding that value because of small you know small advantages that the dog has in some key categories it's very cool yeah and i guess i wanted to write a piece on it at the end of the season unless it really takes a nose dive and i don't do good and then we'll pretend it didn't happen i think that i think but, the uh, i think your sample size right now is big enough that i don't think that you have to worry about that I mean, you yeah, may hope, come. Hopefully, you may have still, some like, aggression, but it can't be enough. To, oh, it has to mean to that this wasn't yeah. a worthwhile effort. And and I mean, no, you're are, you already have market it'll influence. It'll be fun to use next year. Yeah, you already have pretty broad market influence, and in that you're making these plays, and the lines are moving to adjust to your. You know, you, you're basically highlight. You're the like, the editor. You're you're reviewing the mid major lines at this point and saying these are the ones that are poorly lined and they're adjusting them. It's wild. It's so cool to see. I really got to say, I love it. Um, Which it's it's funny too because like, and when they're wrong, it makes me laugh. Like, oh yeah, like yeah. you know the Delaware yeah. state the Delaware state line moves a couple points and they lose by they're they're going to lose by forty. Which luckily <laughs> it's funny we talked action points earlier. I don't know if anyone everyone knows what those are, but luckily we're not betting action points because whether you lose by the hook or you lose by forty, it still just costs me one unit. Such is life. We're gonna we're gonna go down with a loss tonight. Is what it is. But yeah, I do want to write I do want to write something up because I have some theories. Because I don't know, like I I'm not I'm not inside the heads of the lines makers. Unless it is just as lazy as setting it with some Ken Palm numbers and uh, a soft algorithm that they're using, but I think you can gain value on bad teams who do some things right. Again, a lot of this is I hypothesis because I'm trying. This. I'm trying to figure out exactly what like I, I'm looking at all these teams every time I'm looking into their stats when I get a chance and figuring out what they're doing that makes their their power number disagree with the the number and sometimes it isn't the team I don't think it's the team that I'm betting on sometimes it's the team I'm betting against where it's a good team or let's say a better team relatively who does some things maybe some basics, some fundamentals. They do some things not so great. Got it. Or they've been lucky with scheduling where there's just, there's something deeper that, that makes it, you know, like it, once you get past the surface, like, oh, you know, this team's good, this team's bad. Well, that's not, you know, that's not the whole story. This okay. team just doesn't have the, you know, they don't have the, maybe they don't have the talent on the roster to gotcha. be a 21 team, but, but they, you know, they're doing a lot of the fundamentals are right. They just, they're not talented enough to win games, Gotcha. but they okay. can cover multi-part question, multi-part question. Um, how many, how many teams are you handicapping? Like how many teams are in your database? All of them. I have no, every I team. I even have the big schools. Okay, so 300 or something? It's 353. 353, okay. So of those 353, are there a handful that you see repeatedly, your model repeatedly points out, boom, this again, Saturday, again, Wednesday, again, Saturday, again, Wednesday, again, now, no. Like, like, are there, like, is, are there windows where you are seeing value on a team that the bookmakers are not? And then eventually they catch up, and now there's no value. Or on the opposite side, are there certain like, teams that I, your I model wants a lot to of fade, Detroit fade this team? 
fade this team, fade this team. And then all of a sudden, okay, now they're properly rated. Like, are you seeing those kind of micro trends in terms of the sides that you're, that you're identifying? Yeah, like 4% of my bets are on Pepperdine. <laughs> all <laughs> clustered? Are they, are they clustered? Like they, I'm going to have to look how far back they go. Uh, 126. No, I've been playing Pepperdine since the beginning. I made a play on them on the 3rd of January. I've played them seven times. Um, Florida International, it seems to like, for reasons unknown. I don't know how that one goes. Like, I think they're about a 50-50 team for me. Um, <clears throat> there are teams that likes to fade. I think uh, I have to look at this. I, I just keep adding rows to the spreadsheet, and it's not even for – you know, I, I do the spreadsheet because I believe in tracking and – especially if you're putting plays out there in the ether some can you know a little transparency in what you're betting but i i keep adding spreadsheets uh columns to it for me because i'm trying to figure things out to see what's what's causing what to do to you know spit out certain numbers but i'd love to start putting in the the opponent to see how many times i've bet against a certain team because uh lately I feel like it's been betting against Davidson quite a bit, and it's going to again like tomorrow. I am betting the Fordham Rams. Fordham. I don't think that's quite easy to say, but Where's the Rams Ford against Davidson. <laughs> yeah, Fordham. Okay. But I've I've bet against Davidson a few times now. I, I think it's another one of those teams that just uh, they're a better team. They have a better record, but my numbers don't like something about them because it wants. To, it wants to fade them. Yeah, like uh, I bet UMass against Davidson on Saturday, and I'm betting against uh, Davidson. Yeah, that again. was a great play. Not, and, that was a great play. Loved and that. I've only I've only played I've only played Massachusetts once this year, so that's that's the only that's, time that's Massachusetts a has fade. come up with a play. Okay. So okay. So that's more of a Davidson fade. And that's where I, I want to keep adding. I'm gonna keep adding. I might even just do a separate spreadsheet, so it's not so clustered. But so it's possible. You know. So it's possible that you are identifying bad teams that have strengths, and you're identifying otherwise good teams that have like a, like a key flaw, like yeah. a, like a hole. Oh, that is great. Okay, uh, last question for you. Um, and, that, and that's a good point too. Like, if, if you want to look at anything like that, I I know there's people that run models to specifically compare like one or two stats against each other. Like how are you at shooting the three versus how is that team at defending the three? And there's people that'll take advantage of that in a total or yeah. a team total or anything yeah. like that. If, if you can, if you can identify just micro stats like that, like there's just, there's no, there's Find your niche. no, <laughs> Yeah, there's no Find way to there's no right way to go way, about this. There's so it. many there's so many different fun things to look at. Okay. Yeah, it's, last, it, last it's question. Truly, like if you're into this, it should be fun because this yeah. is a this is a great hobby. Absolutely agreed. Uh last question for you. What if any uh or I guess a better better way to answer this, ask this. Um how long has it taken to you, if at all, how long has it taken for you to kind of trust the model as opposed to needing to see it with an eye test because i know sure as shit you aren't sitting down watching maryland eastern shore games on saturday morning <laughs> right oh, there's yeah. a lot of these games they're pretty <laughs> tricky to find some of these games <laughs> so you you're okay doing all of this with no eye test 
Do you have any discomfort at it's all? Tough, just blindly but, I mean, the model as opposed to actually a, a little, a little be like, like the, the point that I made about like trying to find information, like, is there somebody hurt? Is something going on? Is, you know, the coach could be bedridden and I wouldn't even know because it, there's so little information on a lot of this. And when you're looking at, 300 at some odd teams and you know let's take out the the majors because i'm not really looking at those but you're still looking at you know almost 300 teams and there's there's just not enough time without making it a full-time job for a full team of people to look at all the information so there's some discomfort there where i feel like i haven't found one yet where it's like oh i missed this key piece of information and it probably cost me a unit but excuse me i think uh I think that probably can happen when you start betting niche stuff like this, where you just, you're not going to have all the information. Who was the guy that said the Remember Pepperdine was out with the girls at the, oh, at the yes, sorority party. Yes, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, he, he actually, that had me worried. I'm like, Oh, no. of course. Same. Well, same. I was like, like, Oh shit. Oh man, their legs are going to be dead. Not like I was going to find that out. And Pepperdine. Yeah. They went out. Right. That, they went out. Right. They were worried. great. Yeah, no, they had their their confidence was flying high after sleeping with the sorority girls. Um, yeah, that was that was a great that was a great interaction. Uh, okay, that was the last of my question. I guess actually, I have one last question for you. Uh, is this making you have any sort of love for college basketball that you didn't have before this season? No, I've always loved. I mean, it, it's more fun when you're winning, but I've always loved college basketball. I think it's having maybe a little more love for the regular season because I've always been you know, maybe more of a middling attention span to some of this and then really, really ramping it up. I love conference tournaments. Obviously, I love uh, March Madness. I go to Vegas for that because that's the best weekend of the year to be out there. Without a doubt. You know, I really, it really jacked things up for those, especially kind of, I think honestly, like conference tournaments are almost better than March Madness because it's just this, this ongoing machine, this rolling, rolling schedule of, yes. As, as, and as teams are eliminated, and oh, it's like, oh, now there's only like four teams left in this conference. All of a sudden, two more conference tournaments start. Like, there's always, always more teams to be or always more games it's just this fun rolling schedule i love that part i love march madness but yeah it, it is more fun and i just looked to um pepperdine uh those i've played them seven times and they've won every time oh shit so oh my god so I, I know what like just looking looking how much money they've made me you, can, you got enough money to go probably buy a will place be, in malibu that overlooks pepperdine <laughs> I couldn't even have told you where they were located. So thanks for that information. Oh, you're welcome. But I Pepper, will, Pepper, oh, no, I will be real yeah. quick, real quick. Interrupt you. I always Pepper buy Dine. a couple t-shirts or something for, uh, for March madness. I think I'll probably have to get a Pepperdine one. I, uh, I fully endorse that. Um, Pepperdine has maybe the most beautiful college campus in the universe. And it, I don't know that it's particularly close. It is utterly ridiculous the way it expands out over the Pacific ocean from the hills of Malibu. It's really something. <laughs> And they're doing beautiful things for your model too. So cheers to them. Good job, Waves. Where to go, Waves? Yeah, shout out to the Pepperdines. Yeah, Pepperdines man. fighting Waves. My uh, my wife was a Pepperdine alum. You know that? She went to law school there. Aw. Yeah. How about that? Full Dean circle, of the law school at the time. Circle. Dean of the law school at the time was Ken Starr of Monica Lewinsky fame. Uh, I believe. Wow. 
Yeah, yeah, this is weird. She did not like Ken Starr, <laughs> and he went on to do terrible things <laughs> at Baylor. <laughs> so, well, baseball in, in in the long tradition of people doing terrible things <laughs> at Baylor, no offense, <laughs> no offense to those people, but hey, yeah. let, let's flip it. Let's talk because uh, you know I've been doing this for. Almost six weeks now. <laughs> Let's talk about something. Long story history. <laughs> Let's, and, and, to, and to be fair, I've done I've done models before. Just never. Oh yeah. Never sure, 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 sure. anything. This, oh, and I've, I shouldn't say anything this aggressive. I built a I built a model for the EPL once that was. It took like. <laughs> 10 minutes for that spreadsheet to open and I made it too big. I was trying to do like a million simulations. It was oh, like crazy. random number generated. Oh, it got, it got too complicated. So yeah, keep it simple, but not too simple. So, um, yeah, your model, something that's more than six weeks longer. How long, I guess I don't even, uh, I'm not like bullshitting, like just making content here. I don't know how long you've been using that in its current iteration. When did you uh, start coming up with that? A couple uh, years, okay. two, three years. Uh, this is the fourth season that I've done the okay. model every single game. Um, and the first year I literally went to Hollinger uh, and copied and pasted. It was, you know, it was as the NFL was winding down, I was like, I'm going to try to NBA handicap. I had not really made any NBA bets before that. I had kind of had uh, under the impression that NBA was impossible to beat. Don't even try it. Uh, you know, the, the players are all divas. They don't try until the fourth quarter. You know, the same, you know, the, all of this sort of common tropes I was like had been, con, you know, had convinced me not to, not to bother with the NBA. Uh, and I, but I was using a Ken Palm-esque model for college basketball that was pretty successful, but it just got too tough to keep up with the changing pieces. Cause I like the eye test part of it personally. Like I like to see the game, see how they perform and kind of have a little bit of um, kind of a ground true thing to understand better what the model is doing well and what it's not. Um, and so I got like, I lost my luster for college basketball a little bit because like the player t- turnover was just so high and the season I got kicked in the nuts uh, in like November <laughs> in the um, over the like the over the preseason tourneys one year. This might have been right after they changed the rules about possession. I, I can't exactly remember what happened, but I was like, the, I, I lost my luster for college basketball. I was like, and I was watching a lot of the Warriors and Steph Curry rise, and I was like, this is NBA is the future. I should give this a go. Um, started grabbing the Hollinger efficiency numbers and using that in a relatively rudimentary way. Um, and had success through like the month of December doing it. And I was like, Oh, I got this figured out. This is like easy as can be. And then yeah. everything, everything fell apart around new around Christmas and New Year's. I lost my shirt. I was a miserable wreck around my family and my wife around Christmas and New Year's. It was like probably one of the lower points of my gambling lifetime. Uh, and I was like, you know, I should just walk away from this. This is terrible. Uh, but I was like, I can't let this beat me. Uh, I want to figure this out. I want to figure out how to beat the NBA. And so I just put, uh, you know, years and years into it beyond that. Um, and my first crack was like, I need these Hollinger numbers that are season average aren't good enough. Like, I need more than this. Like, I need to know like how these numbers, the dynamic behind how these numbers are changing game by game like who's improving who's regressing like i need to get all that down um and so i figured out i needed to start scraping data myself and 
coming up with my own numbers and having actual patterns and starting to actually look at the patterns of how teams you know went game by game uh just to kind of suss out some of these micro trends of of improvement and regression um and that helped uh and then i went through a whole another phase where i was frustrated as hell because you don't have all the information in hand about who's going to play and when uh and you go through cycles of nba betting where you make strong plays based on the model and then lo and behold kyle lowry's not playing and you know and Kawhi leonard's not playing and you're like are you joking like this is this is ridiculous and <laughs> you know and obviously i think like, that's going to be a lot of people's knock on the nba you do have to pay attention oh you have and to pay I, super close oh, attention. I, I can't and imagine the oh and and your head the dfs the dfs players the people that do dfs nba they have to the stress level has to be through the roof with some of that so high and the worst is that you see value on play sometimes and you're like oh like this is a terrible line. I'm going to go ham on this. And then you get 30 minutes before tip. It's like, oh, that key player is out. And then you're like, oh, that's why the line was so fucked. And then you're like, fuck, somebody knew that and I did it. And you're like, this is somebody out there with inside information. And you just kind of lose your shit over like, I didn't know and somebody else did. And then the next thing, like, then you see future games where you have the similar edge and you're like, then you lose your, your trigger finger and you're like, well, what if like, this is the same thing as last time. And Leonard surprise sits 30 minutes before tip. And that's why this is, you know, there's so much value on the Spurs, you know, you know, so that kind of shit gets in your head big time. And it's took a lot, lot of like learning experience to get over that. Um, And then, yeah, it was just like, I, Talk to my, I, and then, oh yeah. So after running a model and almost ruining Christmas for my family for <laughs> two, four <laughs> years ago, uh, three years ago, I ran the model every day. I bet lightly, like super small stakes. And I was just like, I'm just going to take my lumps and like learn. Uh, did a full year of that, lost, uh, you know, like 10 or so units, maybe more even. Um, but the process of forcing myself to pay attention day in, day out set me up where the um where the playoffs rolled around and like i knew every team and i knew their tendencies and i was like okay this coach and this team if they lose games one and two these are the adjustments they're going to make when they're home at game three like i was pretty you know and i was able to then say okay well that's the adjustments they're gonna make well is that gonna work and it's like well let's see did it work when they tried it in december you know what i mean so like i had like a mental model to help me make better decisions in the playoffs and i had like the best run of my life in any sport betting the playoffs that year and this was not last year's playoffs but the years year before last year's playoffs were a fucking nightmare other than getting every series correct i got absolutely killed game in game out but that's beside the point um so yeah then last year finally you know i had built my toolbox up i had more situational angles i knew a little bit better coaching tendencies on surprise rest and you know certain back-to-back i started getting a better feel for back-to-back games and fatigue, you know, qualitatively and started making better choices um, and had a winning regular season for the first time in three tries. Uh, And then, like I said, I got every series in the playoffs right, got killed game in, game out, um, ended up about even for the playoffs as a whole. Uh, And then this year started out just a dumpster fire, like gave away 20 units before I blinked practically um 
figured out that fatigue was relatively important, quantified that, and then ran out of the hole I dug and up to almost, I think I was up to plus 20 uh, before the trade deadline has just wreaked havoc on motivations and who's playing when. And the last week has been just a bloodbath again. So it's been a roller coaster ride, but I think that's kind of comes with the territory for the NBA. Um, there's probably people out there who are doing player level, more sophisticated modeling than I'm doing. I'm only doing team level stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a tough, uh, it's been a tough experience, but I feel like I get better every year. Um, and now that I have kind of fatigue quantified, I'm very hopeful that next year is going to be more lucrative. Like I know that I can put my foot on the gas in November through just through January and just, just kick ass. Yeah, boy, you, I'm very you, hit excited. you hit a good point there. It's you're never going to build. And I want to make this clear. And this is, this is, this is just a good life lesson. It's not easy. This is, there's hard work involved. Like with anything, if you want to be successful at something, you're not just going to win, you know, win the, winning the lottery doesn't happen with this shit. You got to put some time in and you're never, ever, ever going to build a model that's going to be like, oh, this is going to win me money for the next 20 years, every year. I'm just going to keep running it. Like that's not how it works. You, you know, you do have to tweak it. It's like you said, you're, you're learning as you go. That's, that's great. That's like one of the best lessons I think we can take away from this whole pod is, you know, you're in incorporating new things you're you're testing it out and you're looking to how it's going to work to make your model better next year like that's just awesome that's that's exactly what what you need to do if you want to make this sort of stuff work you you, you know the markets are going to adjust to things yeah it's going to work forever sure. you, you always for need sure. to, you always just need to be keep looking for the inefficiencies yeah for sure and yes the um yes you nailed it with the market. The market catches up to teams. It catches up to players. It catches up to specific approaches to handicapping. And so you absolutely have to be nimble, agile, pivot on the fly. Um, and maybe the only thing that I have seen that is a tried and true, a truth of betting NBA is sell points. That's maybe my only like truism because yeah tell tell the story from last year like just do you, do you kind of have rough the rough stats of the rough if you just oh, yeah, sold yeah, more. yeah yes so if if i had just, I sold just it, rough it la, yeah last la, last year i regular season i won 11 units over the course of like 600 plays and if i had and i sold as many points as i was allowed to sell on every side in total for the whole season and if I had laid standard juice on every one of those plays exactly, um, obviously a handful of wins became pushes, a handful of pushes became losses. But it wasn't very many. It was like less than, it was like in the ballpark of 1% or 2%. And so just the fact of not paying standard VIG made a difference of plus 11 to minus 22. So there was a 33-unit swing. Um from strictly from selling points and i don't and, and i got challenged on a lot of things that i had to do a lot of hard thinking about because people were like the push frequency is just it's higher like there's no way like that that could you know like there's no way that they're that point selling is missed price like fundamentally missed price 
And I was like, yeah, but okay, it that, is. That is like, but it's, it is a little bit. And also what I, and I, my, my underlying thesis, and I think this goes into the same exact vein that we got to explore, like how you end up hitting so many OT games, right? Like it's not an accident. Like my process of going, you know, I look at my, I run the model. I look at the lines and if it's close call, I cross off the game. Right. And I, t- I believe that like, you know, like there are some games where there's not a differentiating factor between what is an expected performance from each team, you know, a C performance, an average performance from each freaking team hits their 50th percentile on the nose. The line comes, you know, the result comes in right as it was lined. Right. Like, those there are a lot of those games and for whatever reason i can see them coming to a degree to stay away from them entirely so i think most of the games i'm betting on are the ones that are falling farther away from the expected outcome does that make sense no that makes total sense and the put i mean there people aren't wrong if you sell points your push probability goes up your 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 win probability goes down Yes, but the win probability compared to what you're paying for it is disproportionately in your favor. And I mean, right, you right, have the right, proof. Right, the right. proof's in the brain. Right. Like, right. if you right. if if somebody needs, you can write a you can write a pretty quick paper about like here's what I showed. Like this is how yeah, it went. Right. Yeah, like the, the it's it's not a mistake to sell points in the NBA. It's not a mistake to sell points. I think in a lot of sports. I think in baseball, there's a lot to be said for betting the minus one instead of a money line. I think there's a ton to be said in the soccer. NFL for, yeah. you know, soccer and and especially in the NFL, like buying points is never going to be a good idea. I just posted that uh, Rich Lammers article again for somebody who was kind of actually he was on the right page. This guy, this guy said like it's dumb to sell points, and especially in the NFL, like it is. There's an article that I will reference all the time that this guy went and actually did the math for us. Like, it's a long-term losing strategy. So kind of, kind NFL, of on a tangent NFL, here yeah. off the modeling. Yeah, yeah, and in, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the NFL, yes, selling points in the NFL will never will never be a good idea. You might you might catch one here or there where it's like, oh, look, you, you got a push instead of a loss, but it will not make up for the next five times where it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, I, you know, I mean, I think intuitively – they look for, you know, they look for the players to buy for that added sense of comfort and security, and they juice the price on buying, right? And the op, you know, and so mm-hmm. that that value you can scoop up those pennies if you're willing to sell. And I'm not playing anything that I think is going to come down to a point. About, you know, I, I'm not playing anything that I think is going to come down to a basket even. Right. So I am, if you're telling me I can sell half a point or a point and you're going to get me to an average juice of minus 102 or minus 103 instead of minus 110, I will take that every freaking time. And uh, yeah, I think I don't have the stats so far for this season calculated. I was going to do that over. That's my homework over All Star break to see if my, you know, if the same results that I had last season hold true. But I can tell you up until February, like, there were literally, I could count on my hand, like less than four games um, where the selling of the point cost me a win instead of a push or a push instead of a loss. Like there were four through like something like 100, 
you know, I, I'm making about a hundred plays a month. So it was like 300 and change. And I had four Jesus, games. <laughs> I had four games where, where it really, where it literally cost me. And that's, that's just not nowhere close to the win probability you're selling. Um, so that's maybe my only truth in the NBA. We we, we kind of got off topic there, but I hated to stop any of that because it was all super good information and, you know, it wasn't, we wanted to focus heavy on some modeling, but like we said, we're going to talk a lot about basketball. And I mean, that's a super good point. If you're betting and it can go the full other way too. If you're betting the NBA, don't buy points. Like the, the this is one of my pet peeves too on, on teasers. Like don't, first off, don't tease basketball. That's, that's not great. Like you should be getting more points for the same price in basketball than you do in football. For some reason, it's the other way around. Like there, there's just no way to win long-term teasing basketball. And, I, and it's the same thing. Like selling points in basketball is probably going to be a long-term loser. I don't have stats to back that up, but just, just the fact that selling or, you know, selling points is good. Buying points the the premium on buying points is disproportionate to what you're getting for selling points. So you're paying extra for, you know, the same value, essentially it's, it's not going to work out like that. That's probably a good lesson to take away from this. If you're buying, I mean, what, what are, what are you doing buying from like, if you're buying from like a, a total, like buying from two Oh six to two Oh five and a half. Like the, the push probabilities on, on a specific number in the, in the 200 range are just so low compared to what you're paying for that. It's, it's just a dumb idea. Don't do that. So I don't know. You got anything else? We No, that's it, man. Um, did you have any other questions about NBA or did I? Yeah, you got any other questions about NBA or should we wrap? Let's wrap. No, I think good. Yeah, you, good. you actually, yeah, you had a nice you, – you explained it nice. You explained your process. I think we can we can talk about it again. We can we can get into this. I think we'll probably get some questions after this. And yeah, our net our, uh, our, that, our that'll be great. That'll be great to talk about in a couple of weeks or yeah. when we when we talk about we might have a surprise NBA guest next week who is another person who has, uses some heavy data, some heavy modeling, and does pretty well in the NBA and does it a totally different way. So yes, you're right. Yep. Coming out, yeah. After the All Star break is over, we're gonna have a guest next week to talk NBA. Uh, as March Madness gets closer, we got a data and analytics heavy guy that'll come on and help us talk about March Madness. So yeah, we're gonna revisit this a couple times in the off season. So if this in any way, shape, or form inspired you, and you have more questions, and you have specific angles that you want us to drive dive into, uh, let us know, and we'll use some of our time on these. Uh, on these two-man pods on Monday to uh, hit those up. Does that sound good? 